Alright, welcome in to another episode of FarzCast. Farzy and Vasugin here with you. We are just a couple of days away from a huge championship Sunday. I'm excited. Uh, I don't know who's not excited. Uh, perhaps the fan bases of the four teams that were just knocked out last week. Uh, but other than that, I think everyone is ready to roll and everyone's excited for Sunday. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. A lot of people are. All right, welcome into this episode of Farzcast. Farzim Vasugin here with you. Hope you're all having a great week. I apologize for not getting a podcast out sooner. I was going to do a separate podcast uh, recapping the divisional round. I'm going to keep that part very short. Might not even go over it too much because all the things that I did predict and uh, all the game, all, all four games, I got them all right. Uh, so pat on the back there for me. Uh, so I'm not going to go over those games too much. Obviously, the biggest storyline from that weekend is Patrick Mahomes' ankle injury, but that is going a lot better for uh, for Chiefs fans than expected this week. Uh, a lot of speculation out there from the 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 Facebook doctors, the uh, the medical analysts that got their medical degrees from Twitter University. A lot of people have had a lot to say about that ankle injury. Uh, funny, everyone became a doctor all of a sudden after, uh, after like the first quarter of that game. Funny how that works, but, uh, we're going to talk about it. Uh, a couple of, uh, news and notes and, uh, the NFL, the NBA, and then I will pick the games for conference championship Sunday. I'm excited. I see you guys are all here in the chat. I see you, Caden. I see you, Rob, Mark, Julie, Dana. What is going on? Let's get more people on the chat right now. And let's get it going. Burrowhead, what a joke, Chase says. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that because the Chiefs have been doing their media. Obviously, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is when they do their media. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, did the Chiefs have some things to say? Well, specifically one player today. Uh, we'll talk about that later on uh, in the podcast. Uh, you guys know social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, all those good places. Uh, if you guys don't know, if you're listening to the archived version of the podcast, check out the uh, description, and I have all the links to everything on there. Uh, a big shout out, by the way, to all of you guys who have been uh, sharing all of uh, all of the uh, the the clips, um, the uh, the reel of uh, of the man cave. A lot of people uh, spreading that around. Uh, some uh, people uh, in high places have certainly chimed in, sharing their. Uh, their, uh, their, their kind comments about the man cave. So much appreciated for those who have helped spread the word. A couple haters out there. Uh, here's my favorite. Uh, people who are like, oh, you built this after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Yeah. In, in two and a half years, I built this entire man cave. In two and a half years. Uh, I just started collecting all of a sudden. Just like that. Uh, but hey, uh, what do you know? I appreciate it, Gary. Thank you. Yeah, stick around, guys, because uh, we will get to both games on Sunday, and I want to do some interaction. Last week when I did this uh, for the divisional round, you guys all were picking along with me, so I want you guys to pick along again for Championship Sunday when we get to our picks later on in the podcast. Uh, before we get into uh, Conference Championship Sunday, uh, just a quick look at the divisional round, uh, just kind of looking at the games in order uh, let's start with the Jaguars-Chiefs. Uh, probably a game that took an interesting turn 
with Mahomes' ankle injury, but still the Chiefs found a way to win in the end. Chad Henney did his part. A 98-yard touchdown drive. Good on him. Eagles-Giants, not even a contest. I thought this was going to be a blowout. It ended up being a blowout. I said the same thing for Chiefs-Jags, but that was much closer than a lot of people anticipated. Uh, then you go over to Sunday's games. Bills and Bengals, oh boy, this was not as close as I thought it was going to be. I thought this was going to be coming down to the wire. Um, listen, the Bills are a great football team, but I said before the season, they are not this invincible team that everybody thinks they are. They're just not. Now, I did not anticipate Josh Allen to turn the turn the ball over the way he is. I mean, the guy was a turnover machine this season. So the Bills have some things to figure out. Uh, once again, knocked out in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Uh, at least this time, they didn't have a heartbreak in 13 seconds. So, at least they've got that to uh, to be proud of. The Bengals, man, they just mopped the floor in Buffalo. And obviously, you know, Bengals fans, rightfully so, were pretty upset about the whole neutral site crap. Okay, whatever. Uh, they won. And we got a big rematch on Sunday. I'm looking forward to that. This is uh, probably the best game of... The weekend, in my opinion, 49ers-Cowboys. Boy, uh, for, I, I thought the 49ers would have scored a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I, I anticipated this being a defensive showdown, sure, but I just I just thought for, the 49ers could have scored a little bit more with the turnovers that the Cowboys kept committing. Let me just say this about Dallas. The standard is always Super Bowl or bust. It doesn't matter if you were 0-17 the previous year. It's always Super Bowl for that for that franchise. That's just the standard there in Jerry's world. But I just don't know if that is going to happen with Dak Prescott under the helm. I, I, I just don't. I really don't. And not to be a hater on Dak because I love his backstory. I love everything he's gone through. But I just don't know if he's the quarterback of the future. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens in Dallas. But the 49ers, man, that defense is looking pretty good. Nick Bosa, I, I think, is a lock to win Defensive Player of the Year. So they, we got two good matchups on Sunday. I'll get to those uh, shortly. Anita says, "Let's go Chiefs." Daniel says, "Let's go Chiefs." Dave says, "Let's do this, Chiefs." A lot of "Let's go Chiefs." Enrique says, best week of the year. Yes, it is the best week of the year. Coming off uh, a good division round. Not, not like last year's divisional round. Nothing can top last year's. Uh, but solid divisional round weekend. I think we've got two very good games on the horizon. A lot of people think there's a chance Philadelphia might blow out San Francisco. There are a few of those picks out there that I'm seeing. I don't think so. I think we're going to have two uh, close games. I live in Dallas. Stack is a marked man. They uh, hate him here. Yeah, you know... It's Dallas, though. Like, and listen, I know there are the jokes about bandwagon Cowboys fans and whatnot. Okay, seriously, though, is, is there anyone that's a bandwagon Cowboys fan? Like, when was the last time the Cowboys have done something relevant to, you know, create this bandwagon? Like, I, I don't think anyone's jumping the... I don't think anyone's in a hurry to get on this Dallas Cowboys train right now. I mean, I just don't see it. Uh, I like Cooper Rush. I think that guy should be starting on an NFL team in 2023, 1,000%. Uh, I, I just don't know what Dallas's goal is for next year, who they want. So, would it be nice if the experts would stop the Allen comparisons to Mahomes or even to Burrow for that matter? Uh, 
listen, Josh Allen's great, but I think, you know, listen, Mahomes is in his own tier. Mahomes is just fucking wild, okay? That guy's in his own tier. There's a tier up top alone, and it's called Patrick Mahomes. That's his tier. Below that is the top tier. Uh, I think Allen's in it. I think Burrow's in it. Uh, Rodgers played a little bit better towards the end of the season. I think he's he's a part of it. Um, I, I I I don't I don't know. I, I I would actually argue Trevor Lawrence might be a part of that now. Um, but for sure you got Burrow and, and Allen. But I think there's a big gap between. I think number one is Patrick Mahomes. Number two is Joe Burrow. There's a big gap between one and two. Number three is Josh Allen, and I would argue there's a big gap between two and three right now. So. Uh, I've listened to clips of uh, the new uh, the New Heights podcast, Enrique. I, I haven't listened to the uh, entire podcast. Probably might not get to that. You know, it's so tough because you know I listen to a lot of radio shows, and some of them are archived because I don't get to listen to all of them live. And then the same thing with podcasts. There's so many podcasts I, I love listening to, but I don't get to listen to all of them. I do appreciate the people over at the New Heights podcast, the producers. They do a really good job of clipping out some of the highlights and putting those out there. So if you don't get to check out the entire podcast, they do a good job of uh, posting the highlights out there. So poor Herbert wasn't even in the conversation. I like Herbert. I think that guy's second tier though. I think he's second tier. I, I think that guy, if there's anyone that's close to getting the first tier, I would say it's him. If Tom Brady goes to Vegas and does pretty well with the weapons around him there, I think he could jump back into the first tier conversation. So yeah, poor Herbert. Uh, I've noticed a lot of Mahomes Brady comparisons. Barf. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I don't think that's a bad thing. If listen, for the longest time as Chiefs fans, we've all cried out for a, a franchise quarterback. And if your franchise quarterback is getting compared to Tom Brady, it's not. It's not a terrible thing, Dana. Uh, I, I really don't think um, that's a bad thing at all. By the way, Jacob was asking my predictions for the NFC Championship game. We will get to that shortly. So in order for us to get to that, I got to get to a couple of stories I do want to touch on. I'm not going to spend too much time on these because I do want to get to Championship Sunday picks. Uh, Frank Reich, he is now the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Kind of an interesting move there. Uh, the Panthers fired a coach midseason and Frank Reich was fired midseason. So perhaps the Panthers felt like this was a good move. Listen, I like Frank Reich. I, I think he was given a, a, a really raw deal here with this whole Indianapolis thing. I, I mean, listen, I, I thought that was a horrible idea. I, I think Indianapolis was having a terrible year, but I like Frank Reich. I, I still remember when the Colts were supposed to get Josh McDaniels and he backed out. They said, why not? Let's go after the offensive coordinator that beat Josh McDaniels in the Super Bowl. And they got Frank Reich. Um... Frank Reich, not, not directly from the Andy Reid tree, but he is from the Doug Peterson tree, and Doug Peterson is from the Andy Reid tree, so um, th there's a bit of a commonality there with Andy Reid's system. I'm sure Frank Reich does some things similar to what Andy Reid does. Uh, Carolina had a very interesting year, though. They traded for Baker Mayfield and then let him go. He went on to L.A. to finish out his season, so... Listen, Carolina's got a lot of work to do. I think there's a very strong possibility they go after a quarterback in the first round of the NFL draft. Assuming they have a first-round pick. I, I, admittedly, I, I don't, I'm not too familiar with their uh, draft pick situation. Um, there we have it, Frank Reich over at Carolina. Uh, I like him. I'm rooting for the guy. I think he can get the job done. I, I just don't know if um, it can happen right away. Dan says Eric Bieniemy deserves a head coaching job. That's a nice segue to my next comment here. 
with the Colts. Supposedly, according to Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio, the Colts are picking between Jeff Saturday and Eric Bieniemy. And apparently it might be Jeff Saturday. Because Jim Irsay apparently loves coaches that don't have coaching experience because they take more risks. Listen. None of us love punting on fourth down, right? Um, unless we're receiving the punt. Like everyone, I mean, everybody probably, like if you're at the stadium and you got to go to the restroom, you're probably on your way right before the, the punt is even, the punt team is even on the field. Okay. Uh, if, if you're at home, you're probably doing whatever you need to do to, um, what do you mean you dump the UFC plug hat? I, I like the UFC. I mean, I, I think the product's a little bit in a bad place right now, but I'm a big UFC fan. Come on. Got the got the red here, the gold here. Come on. Um, yeah, I, I do think they're going to go with Saturday too. Here's the thing with Jeff Saturday. The guy went 1-7. His only win was against the Raiders. Who didn't beat the Raiders this year? The better question might be, who didn't come back against the Raiders this year? Like, the Raiders are not that impressive of a football team to beat. Especially when they have quitter Derek Carr pr prior to quitting uh, under center. I mean, that's not really an impressive resume builder there. And I know the following week, they were one point shy of beating the, the, the Eagles. And I think at the time, the Eagles were undefeated. I can't remember when they lost to the Commanders. Um, look, here's what I'm going to say about the Jeff Saturday thing. If you want to go that direction, have at it, man. You're the owner, not me. I don't make these decisions. If I was, I, I'd be in higher places right now. Not talking to you guys. Uh, but I'm glad I'm talking to you guys because you guys are cool as fuck. Um, here's what I will say, because if I'm an Indianapolis Colts fan, let, let me, let me back up a bit. Because as a Chiefs fan, I hear this a lot. A lot of Chiefs fans say, man, why isn't Derek Johnson coaching? Why isn't Eric Berry coaching? Why isn't this person coaching? Why isn't that person coaching? And the only reason they have to go off of that is because they were really great during their time playing for their favorite team. Folks, there are a lot of great football players out there. Not everyone is cut out to coach, though. Not everyone's cut out to coach. Becca says, what do you do for a living? That's a secret, Becca. That is a big secret. That's a very personal question, too. Uh, Taylor Swift will be the halftime show this Sunday at Arrowhead. I would take that over um, over uh, Fat Joe. I, I'm not a not a big Fat Joe guy. I, I, I can only name, like, two songs. Do I think Hardman will play? And why was he limited in practice? Gradually putting him back in there, Jacob. Uh, do I think he'll play? I don't know, but this is probably the the best odds he's had in, what, 10, 11 weeks? I hope it's not robbing banks. No. Uh, listen, uh, if, I, if I was doing uh, that kind of activity, Rob, uh, yes, it is Fat Joe Eddie. If I was doing that kind of activity, you guys would know. I mean, how many other Farzine Vesugians would you hear about in the news? Okay. Um, yeah, listen, uh... Jeff Saturday, I don't think is the move. Listen, I'm a big fan of Pat McAfee. I love the guy. Um, 
I was also a big fan of Edger and James when he was playing in Indianapolis. I know there are some former Colts players who like to fight back at the media for criticizing the Colts for this move. Are those same former Colts players teammates of Jeff Saturday? Are those guys, are they still fighting back at the media? I don't think they are, man. I don't think they are. Uh, listen, experience matters. There's a reason why, you know, if you don't go after a head coach, you go after a very good coordinator who could be a good head coach. Jeff Saturday has not done any of that. So that's what they want to do. If they want to go with Saturday over Biennemi, have at it, man. Uh, that's your call, not mine. Uh, last topic I do want to touch on before we get into Championship Sunday, Shannon Sharp. Uh, he was involved in a very interesting incident. I believe this is at the, uh, I was about to say the um, uh, the Staples Center, but they call it, they now call it the uh, Crypto.com Center, which is such a dumb name. Uh, but hey, sponsorship, man, that pays the money. Um, so he heckled Dylan Brooks. He apologized for all this the next day, and I thought he had a very professional apology. I'm normally not a fan of apologies. But I think Shannon Sharp had one of the more genuine apologies. He basically said, w without saying the words, he basically said, I fucked up. Do not defend me. I screwed up. That's on me. I'm sorry. Like, he totally owned everything. Didn't sugarcoat any of that. And I got to say, I appreciate that. In a world today when people apologize, but also try to sugarcoat at the same time, it's like you're apologizing, but not apologizing. I got to say, I give credit to Shannon Sharp. Uh, got into it with Morant, whatever. Uh, but I do got to ask the question. What if that was just a normal person? What if that was me? What if that was Anthony in the comments? What if that was Charlene? What if that was Eddie? What if that was Dana? Like, what if it was just any of us normal dudes and gals that started heckling LeBron James? Right? Like, what if it was a normal person heckling LeBron James? Or uh, 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 Steph Curry, whoever, Giannis. Uh, I don't know, man. I just don't think at the end of the day, a lot of people would give a free pass. Shannon Sharp was escorted out at one point, and once cooler heads prevailed, he got to come back. By the way, a couple of people are talking about freezing. Is 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 the live stream freezing for any of you? Okay, it's not just, uh, all right, seems like that's the issue. Yeah, I don't know. Um, let me see if there's anything I can do without exiting the live stream. Uh, let's see. I'm going to try to, well, I can't do that because then I'll get distracted. Uh, hopefully, um, hopefully it'll get fixed. Not okay. Some people are saying it's freezing. Some people are saying not freezing. Some people, uh, uh, someone said sometimes. Okay. Technology, man. 2023. So we we're dealing with here. Uh, man, I, I, I props to all you, all of you guys listening to the podcast version. You, you're probably just wondering what the hell is he talking about? Cause I don't know if you guys are listening live on the podcast version, but whether we're freezing or not, we're going to keep talking. And now it's time to talk about championship. You guys ready to talk about championship Sunday? I see you guys in the comments. Everyone wants to talk about championship Sunday. So let's get right into it. We're going to go in order here. We're going to go with the co-main event first, the Eagles and the 49ers. I'm ready for this one. This one's going to be very interesting. I think we've got two very interesting games here. This one right here between the Eagles and the 49ers. I think it's going to be a very interesting defensive showdown here. I know everyone's going to talk about Jalen Hurts. I know everyone's going to talk about Brock Purdy. Um, you know, someone who was close to getting Rookie of the Year and another player close to getting the MVP award. 
But I think at the end of the day, this is going to come down to who's the better defense. Who's got the better defense? This is going to be a low-scoring game in my opinion. I think the 49ers have some very good tools. Charvarius Ward, interesting player, former Kansas City Chief. He's done some interesting things for the uh, for the 49ers this year at that cornerback position. 49ers have some interesting pieces there. The Eagles, they lead the NFL in sacks. The Chiefs are number two in sacks. There's a massive gap between the Eagles and the Chiefs when it comes to sacks. The Eagles are the far superior team. So here's the thing with Brock Purdy, as great of a story he's had, and as great, uh, you know, he, he's been good all around this year. He has not faced a team as dominant as the Eagles' defense. But I think the 49ers' defense can do some things here as well and give Jalen Hurts some trouble and even help out Brock Purdy at times. I think this is going to come down to turnovers. More importantly, who can force a turnover and give their offense great field position? That, to me, is going to be a huge difference maker. And I am going with the 49ers being the better defensive team in this one. I'm going to go 49ers 17, Eagles 13 in this one. So I'm going to go with the 49ers. Who are you guys going with? Uh, a lot of people want to see Kelsey versus Kelsey. Yeah, a lot of people want to see that for sure. Yes. Uh, I don't see that being the case, though. I think the 49ers have what it takes to dethrone the Philadelphia Eagles. They've had a great season, for sure. The Eagles have had a tremendous season. But I think the 49ers' defense is just a little bit better. A lot of you guys are going with the Eagles. Okay, interesting. Interesting. All right, let's go into the main event for Sunday Chiefs. And Bengals, uh, first and foremost, can we address something real quickly? Uh, let me see if I can do... Uh, where is the option for screen share on here? Uh, I know Facebook has that capability, but I don't see it in front of me right now. Because there is something we got to talk about here. Bear with me one second, guys. I want to see if I can... Um, if I get it, it's not like it was letting me do a screen share earlier this week. Not today. Nope. Okay. We're just going to have to let me uh, pull it up on my phone. I'll just point it to you guys on the camera here because that's the only way I can uh, really go about it. Because a lot of Bengals fans are now accusing the Chiefs, specifically Patrick Mahomes, for faking his ankle injury. Imagine accusing someone of faking an injury. Not to mention he had to exit the game at one point when he didn't want to. And, you know, whatever. By the way, Bengals fans. They're talking about Mahomes injuring his ankle. This is the same fan base accusing Mahomes of injuring his ankle that defended this right here. You guys see this on the screen? Okay. Bengals fans defended the hell out of this. They're like, oh, it's not a big deal. All 32 teams do it. He was the only one that was just terrible at it. <laughs> Shut up. You have a player that literally did this when there were, uh, hold on, let me, yeah, 13 players on the field, okay? And you guys want to talk about Mahomes faking an injury. Get the fuck out of here. Bengals fans are hilarious, man. And then they're going off the, oh, we're 3-0. Yes, 3-0. 
Bengals fans are worse than Bills Mafia. I never thought. Listen, Bills Mafia, man, that fan base cheering for Mahomes' injury after what their player went through. Come on. That guy was actually injured. Mahomes faked it. <laughs> oh yeah, but, but let's talk about the Demar Hamlin uh, conspiracy theories. I'm kidding. Let's not. Anyway, we're getting off topic here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes' ankle. For all the Twitter doctors, Facebook doctors, the Instagram medical experts out there, uh, the TikTok physicians out there who are all crazy about you know Patrick's ankle, and all of a sudden everyone's like an expert on ankles. Um, Patrick's fine. Okay, he was spotted in public. I don't remember the name of the place. I know it's out there. I, I blurted out when I shared the uh, text message. But Patrick was seen in public with his personal trainer, Bobby Stroop. And they were working out just fine. No ankle wrap, nothing. And a lot of people were wondering, is that is that a photo from the past? Uh, because people thought maybe it could be a misleading photo. Brittany was sharing some uh, stories on Instagram uh, of, her, uh, of her daughter and... And you can see Mahomes and his trainer in the background wearing the same shirt as that viral photo there. So uh, everyone just calm down. Mahomes Mahomes is good. He was a full participant. As soon as people saw him stepping down the podium, like who was it? I think it was Harold Kuntz of Fox 4 News who filmed that. I've heard that talked about on ESPN. I've heard it talked about on NFL's, um, the NFL channel on Sirius XM. Like, everyone is evaluating him stepping down from the podium. Like, it's some grand judgment call on ankles. Okay? And even Patrick Mahomes, like, commented on that today in his press conference. He's like, I don't know what the hell you people are seriously going to learn from me stepping down from the podium and walking out of the press conference room. I massage Mahomes' ankle myself. He's good. Chiefs Kingdom, you're welcome. Yeah, now everyone's, like, the, the source of, like, everything. Everyone's just claiming to, like, have all these things. I know you're being sarcastic, Enrique, but that is funny. Alonda says, just being weird, who the fuck records somebody walking? Uh, down the okay. In in all fairness, Alanda, you you ask a good question, but we are here discussing it, aren't we? Like everyone's talking about it. It's being talked about on all these radio stations out there. So, um, yeah, a little weird. I've even heard pe- I, I even saw people like criticize the video. They're like, oh, you're not even showing his face. Um, I guess like the reporter who filmed that was way too close to the point he couldn't really show all that, but. We are talking about it, aren't we? I mean, we're the weirdos. We're the weirdos talking about it right here, right now. Uh, with that said, Mahomes was a full participant in um, in practice on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Patrick spoke on Thursday. Normally, he doesn't talk on Thursday. I'm guessing the quarterbacks are required to speak every day, given the magnitude of the game. So I can understand that. And Patrick said today he felt just fine. Yesterday when Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes spoke to the media, they had not practiced yet. So today was the first time we could talk to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and hear uh, from them and their thoughts on yesterday's practice. Um, Normally in the past, it's always been the other way around. They practice first and then talk second. I think on Fridays, the Chiefs practice first and then talk second. Um, just so uh, Andy Reid can give a more accurate answer for some injury-related questions. Charlene says, how about Mad Dog stating that he's rooting for the Bengals because he has Chiefs fatigue? Hey, listen, 
Uh, I've said this a hundred times. Hey, thanks, Eddie. I appreciate it, man. Uh, And I appreciate everything you do over at KHIPress.com. So everyone go check them out if you haven't already, if you're an MMA fan. Uh, Let me just say this, because I'm a KU basketball fan. 99% of you guys watching and commenting right now are either KU fans or you guys hate KU because you're an MU or a K-State fan. Okay, here's my point with this. When KU basketball loses a game, KU fans are pretty heartbroken about it. And Mizzou fans and K-State fans, they're celebrating. They're having a parade on Twitter. The same thing with the Chiefs right now. When the Chiefs win a game, Raiders fans, Chargers fans, Broncos fans, Bengals, Bills fans, they're nowhere to be heard. But when the, when the Chiefs lose to whoever, Raiders, Broncos, Chargers, Bills, Bengals, all those fan bases are talking and they are loud and proud when the Chiefs lose. The Chiefs losing is a bigger deal than their team's winning. So, you know, here's my thing with people saying that they're tired of the Chiefs constantly going to the AFC Championship. I take that as a compliment. I really do. A lot of KU fans get offended when... Fans storm the court whenever they beat KU. I take that as a compliment, man. Like, that's what that's what uh, teams are supposed to do when they beat a powerhouse school, right? Like, you can you can either be you can either be really offended or you can just accept the fact that you are the powerhouse team. Yeah, the Chiefs were popular at one point because they were constantly playing Tom Brady in the AFC Championship game and again in the Super Bowl. So the Chiefs were like the face of the NFL uh, among the fans. Now they're kind of like the villains here where, you know, people are tired of seeing them. Just like how they were so tired of seeing the Patriots in the Final Four and in the Super Bowl almost every single time. So at the end of the day, man, uh, I take that as a compliment. Um, I don't really have an issue if people are on ESPN or wherever are saying that they want to see the Chiefs lose because they're tired of seeing the Chiefs. I think that is a compliment. I mean, come on. Let's be completely like, let's be upfront here. You know, because this is healthy for the sake of discussion, right? If we were not Chiefs fans, okay? Let's just say we were New York Giants fans. I, I just picked a random team, okay? Let's just say we were New York Giants fans. You know, we're on the opposite conference. We're not even in the same division as the Chiefs. I still think we would be pretty annoyed and we would hate to see the same team over and over again succeeding. So, you know, it's totally normal for a lot of people out there to want to see the Chiefs lose because they're tired of seeing them in the same spot every single time. I've got no issues with people feeling that way. Uh, we we felt that way about the Patriots, right? Uh, I, I, I just mentioned a, a, a while ago. A lot of you guys hate KU. So when KU basketball is constantly winning the Big 12 and they have constantly get that number one seed, a lot of you guys hate seeing that. That's just the nature of sports, guys. Whenever the powerhouse team is constantly getting the one seed or getting to the championship or, or they're one of the final four teams, it is just natural that other fan bases are going to hate on them because of jealousy. And that's really the way it works. Michael says my kids are spoiled with Mahomes. Imagine being a, a kid today, not knowing the heartbreak this franchise has gone through. Okay, I mean this has been a snake-bitten franchise with heartbreaking losses of all sorts in the playoffs, uh, the losses of some 
great Chiefs who whose whose lives ended earlier than expected. Uh, I mean, Chiefs fans today, the younger generation of Chiefs fans, they do not know the pain and heartache. They really don't. Samuel says um, Nathaniel Hackett went to be the offensive coordinator of the Jets. See, I see you putting the clown emoji there, Samuel. I'm not hating on this. I think it's a good move. Listen, whenever a head coach goes back to being an offensive or a defensive coordinator, that's a good thing, man. That's a, that's a really good thing because he was a good offensive coordinator. That's why he got the Broncos job in the first place, right? He was a terrible Broncos head coach, right? But he was a great offensive coordinator before taking that job in Denver. So if I'm a Jets fan, I'm actually excited about Nathaniel Hackett. Listen, I'm not going to hate on this. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, this guy's had quite the career as an assistant coach. Uh, was the offensive coordinator of the Packers for a couple of years and did a great job. And he got promoted outside of the uh, franchise, went over to... The Broncos, obviously they didn't pan out, but you know what? Who's to say it's not going to pan out elsewhere as, as the same position? Whenever um, whenever Matt Nagy got fired, I was one of the first people out there saying, bring him back to Kansas City. If Eric Bieniemy moves on, which he didn't, if Eric Bieniemy were to move on, we would all want Matt Nagy because he was great at that position before. But then I got a lot of comments and tweets from Bears fans. They're like, oh, you don't want him. He was a terrible play caller in Chicago. I get that. He was a terrible play caller as a head coach. If the guy's going to come back to Kansas City and be a play caller as an offensive coordinator, that's different. I'm not going to judge Matt Nagy for his failures as a head coach. I'm going to judge him based off what he can and can't do as an offensive assistant. He ended up being the quarterback's coach, but I think a lot of people are anticipating that he could be an offensive coordinator when and if Eric Bieniemy moves on. But at the end of the day, you can only, you know, you can only criticize the guy for so much. Like he was a great offensive coordinator. And I think he's going to do some good things there. Anyway, we're getting all, uh, way off topic here. So to circle this back to Kansas city, um, look, let's be completely honest here. Three and O that is the record, right? Three and O. Now, those three games, I don't want to say have absolutely zero relevancy to Sunday's game. They are a little bit pertinent, but at the end of the day, it's a whole new game. I don't care if you have beaten a team X amount of times in a row. Every game is a different game. Every year is a different year. Just because the Chiefs have made it to the championship uh, conference championship game five years in a row does not mean they'll automatically make it six years. If that's how we're predicting things out there, folks, we might as well just circle the Chiefs as AFC championship participants for the sixth, seventh, and eighth consecutive years. That's not how it works. This is a different game. And I will say this right now, the Kansas City Chiefs are not letting... Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals make it four in a row. That is absolutely not happening. When you've got an MVP quarterback and a tight end who could he could be an MVP as well. You've got a great head coach. And I know Andy, I've been very critical of Andy Reid at times. But we all know this guy, he knows how to come up with a game plan, okay? So at the end of the day, I don't see the Chiefs allowing this hap to happen four times in a row. And by the way, 
I normally, I'm not one of those people that makes a big deal out of OTAs and training camp and interviews, but I, I've got to say, man, uh, Wednesday and Thursday's media availability from the Chiefs, oh boy, um, let's just say I got really excited. The way the Chiefs spoke, the players spoke to the media on Wednesday, I loved it. You could tell Patrick Mahomes, you know, I feel like that's the most reserved he's been. And I get it, you know, he had not practiced yet, so there was no way of knowing how that ankle injury is going until he actually gets on the field and practices for the first time, which he did. All was good. Full participant. But Patrick was very reserved during Wednesday's press conference. Did you guys notice that? Because I did. I think some of the other players, Isaiah Pacheco, seemed to maybe be a little bit more reserved. I love this answer, by the way, talking about leaning on guys like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey during the playoffs, guys who have the experience. That's important for sure. Experience matters in the postseason, man. I guarantee you Brock Purdy is leaning on George Kittle. Why wouldn't you? That's what you should be doing if you're a rookie. You know, because if you are a rookie, it is completely natural to be nervous and have a lot of questions and have that fear of not being able to show up uh, in a big moment. He also mentioned Jarek McKinnon, leaning on him as well. Then, he does OnlyFans, Shelly says. Who does OnlyFans? Mahomes? What are you guys talking about? What are you guys even talking about in the chat box right now? I'm a little behind on the comments, so I don't even know what's going on here. But you guys, you guys have fun uh, chatting, whatever. But let me say this. What, uh, Thursday, we heard from Mahomes again. Mahomes had a great comment he made. Uh, he was asked about some of the outside noise out there in Cincinnati with the Burrowhead comments. And, you know... A lot of people examining his ankle. Some people even accusing him of faking an injury. Mahomes said he's not really too concerned about all of that. But he did acknowledge that this team is 3-0 against the Chiefs. Joe Burrow specifically 3-0 against the Chiefs all time. And he said that if that does not fire you up, nothing will in sports. He's 1,000% spot on here. Not only do you have to be fired up for this game, the Chiefs have to be pissed off coming into this game. They're not going to admit it publicly. But this team, 100%, cannot have an ounce of happiness in them when they walk through that tunnel on game day on Sunday. Because they know the team ahead of them that walked through the tunnel first, they've beaten them the last three times. Like, for, listen, forget about offense, defense, X's and O's, defensive line, pressure, uh, schematics. Forget about all of that. This is the mental game we're talking about. I don't give a shit how much you want to talk X's and O's about this game. This game is a mental warfare. That's what this game is. Like, you can, whatever game plan both teams have, I'm sure they're going to try to implement it, execute it. Both teams are going to have their scripted plays, the first 10, 15 plays. But at the end of the day, this at the end of the day is more mental than it is physical X's and O's. Like all the football, all the football talk you want to bring up here. And don't get me wrong. None of that. I'm not saying is irrelevant, but right now it's all right here in the head. 
Because let's be honest, the Bengals are in Kansas City's head right now. You'd be a liar if you said otherwise. And quite honestly, I'd rather have it that way. When you have lost to a team three times in a row, you've got to find a way to take that kind of energy and fire back in this one. Because here's the thing. Bengals fans are bragging about Burrow being 3-0 against Mahomes. Fine. It's not going to mean anything, even if, excuse me, even if the score is three to one, I know Bengals fans are going to ride on that score so hard, but that's not going to mean shit if Mahomes wins this game and wins again in two weeks. Because Mahomes can say, I got two rings. Burrow can win before that, but he's going to have zero rings. Yeah, the Cincy trash talk. Listen, uh, Justin Reed was asked about it. He he acknowledged it. Travis Kelsey even acknowledged that comment on um, on his podcast. I saw him and Jason Kelsey talking about that. Um, Jason Kelsey didn't even bring that up. Kelsey brought it up on his own. And Kelsey even said something to the effect of how, you know, 142.2, that's the record for loudest stadium in the world. And he's talking about having to break that record again because you've got, Bengals fans saying that's their house. Even though I'm pretty sure Joe Burrow's only won in Arrowhead once, but okay. Have at it, Bengals fans. I mean, that's all good. Enrique says when Jones sacks Burrow, he needs to whisper whose house in his helmet hole. No, don't do that. Because Chris Jones, listen, Chris Jones, I love the guy. I really do. Uh, and all this talk about, like, some people out there are, like, entertaining the idea of training him. I'm like, hell no. Um, listen, he does have that, uh, reputation now because he did that thing to Matt Ryan where he kind of got in his face and made a comment and got penalized for it on, on a third down stop. It's like, no, do not talk. Um, I mean, listen, I, I, you're not going to get penalized if you whisper in someone's helmet. I don't think he's going to be able to hear it because Arrowhead's going to lose its collective shit. If Chris Jones gets a sack, especially on Joe Burrow, because let's talk about this part. I know I I mentioned X's and O's are not as important as the mental warfare, but if there's one aspect of the X's and O's we got to get into here, it is for sure that Chiefs defensive line because Cincinnati's offensive line is not that good. But for whatever reason, the Chiefs struggle so much to get this guy to the ground. Chris Jones remembers so much about last year's AFC championship game, okay? I have no doubt in my mind it's been talked about among the team, okay? I'm sure the defensive line coach, Spags, everyone's brought it up with Chris. And maybe not like in detail, just a short little comment like, hey, this happened last year. We got to make sure it doesn't happen again. Because there's this talk about Chris Jones not getting a playoff sack, and I think that's important. That's crazy. But that's not to say Chris Jones has been irrelevant in the playoffs, I mean, look at Chris Jones in the Super Bowl against the 49ers. If Chris Jones was not there, I don't think the Chiefs come back in that one. The amount of passes he batted down, the amount of pressure he had on Jimmy Garoppolo in that game in the fourth quarter, if Chris Jones does not do those things, I don't think that I don't think the Chiefs win a Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes and company. I, I really don't. Um, I've always felt like Chris Jones should have been the MVP of that game, but you know, we're just nitpicking at this point. But I do agree. I 100% agree with you, bud. He's got to get a sack. Frank Clark. This guy's one of the best in NFL postseason history getting to the quarterback. 
And I know George Karloftis got a sack on Joe Burrow. I don't know if we can really brag about that too much because that was a play where Joe Burrow gave himself up to let the clock keep running. And it just so happened Karloftis was the first one to get to him. I like Derek Nottie. I like Mike Dana. I like um, Colin Saunders. I think he's done some great things whenever he gets involved on second down. Okay? The Chiefs do have the defense for it. There's no reason to make this more complicated than it is. Joe Burrow and this Bengals offensive line, they're not some invincible pass-blocking unit. Joe Burrow is not immune to getting pressured. So the Chiefs need to figure it out and just understand why the hell do we not get to him and other teams can. It's not a difficult procedure. And I think that is going to be very important. I had met Derek on the live stream Tuesday night and I, I, I asked him, I said, hey, the Chiefs win if they blank. And he said, you got to get to the quarterback. You got to get to Joe Burrow. And I 100% agree with him. I don't know if that's the, if I was asked the same question, that's not what I would have said. I would have said, look, you got to play four quarters of, of good football because two of the three times the Chiefs have lost to the Bengals, they blew big leads. They blew two big leads against the Bengals. And in those two times they blew a big lead, they only scored three points in the second half of those two games each. Now, obviously, the third meeting between the two teams, a much different game. Part of it, part, the big difference maker was Travis Kelsey's fumble. And my criticism of that, yeah, Kelsey should have not fumbled, but also, why are you throwing the football when both Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon were having a great game against the Bengals that day? Why was Andy Reid moving away from the, the running game? Uh, and I think he even admitted later on, you know, he could have drew up a more friendlier play to um, to help the offense in that situation. So, you know, listen, the Chiefs are a pass-first team. But if Pacheco and McKinnon have the hot hand, let them go. Let them keep going. Yeah, Tony Romo is going to be announcing. Yeah, Samuel. Uh, I hope you go live at halftime, Alonda says. Oh, 1,000%. Guys, pregame, we are going live. We're, we're going to be doing it during the NFC Championship game. Uh, there's no way around that. So we will go live before the game. We will go live at halftime as well. And after the game, after the Chiefs win, we are going to recap the game. And I want video calls from all of you. I'll do it all night, Sunday night. I don't care. Rajay says, I hope I said that correctly, Rajay. Bengals run defense sucks. Yeah, that's something that, you know, again, the Chiefs had success running the ball against them in the previous meeting this season. If it works, I mean, listen, I don't care if you have an MVP quarterback and the best tight end in NFL history. I still expect the Chiefs to be a pass first team, but in the second half, if that running game's working, Dude, who cares about whatever records Mahomes needs to break or whatever record Kelsey needs to break? You guys know I'm all about those kinds of stuff. I really am. But when it comes to running the ball against that weak Bengals run defense, that could seriously be the difference between winning and losing. That really could make that could be the difference maker right there. I hope we feed Pacheco and jam the ball down the field and on the ground. Yeah, and listen, the Chiefs did not get the ball to Pacheco or excuse me, McKinnon through the air last week. That guy thrived uh, towards the end of the regular season. 
So I really hope the Chiefs can utilize that. Is McCole playing? We don't know yet, Marcus. Someone was asking that earlier as well. I'm not too sure. Um, I will say this. His odds are a lot better this week. He's been practicing. He's practiced both days. And he's been limited, but still better than not practicing. Um, I I can't remember. the When was the last time McCole Hardman practiced two days in a row? Because it could be three days in a row tomorrow. I'm going to guess he's going to be set as questionable for the game. I say he plays. I think he's going to play. Um, but I'm not too confident in that part for sure. Listen, and even if he doesn't play, you've got great talent all around. You do have Kadarius Tony, who you got. You have Jarek McKinnon, who's been great through the air. Okay, Skymore can do some things as well. He's got some good speed. And then someone was mentioning earlier, Jody Fortson, who's been a good red zone factor, 100%. Um also, Blake Bell. And maybe there's also possibility because of Chris Lamont's moving on. Um, there's a possibility that... Uh, who's the tight end? Not Jordy Fortson. Um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Who is the one on IR? I think I may, I may have got it mixed up there. Hold on. Noah Gray, sorry, I mixed it up. Noah Gray still on the team, on the 53-man roster. Jordy Fortson's the one on IR, so I got that mixed up. I apologize. Um, but if Jordy Fortson is activated and takes Chris Lamont's spot on the roster, well, you got another threat there. Someone was mentioning earlier, so yeah. Um, that would just be another weapon for Patrick Mahomes. That would be huge, 100%. Uh, no, Bushman, I think, is on season-ending IR. He broke his um, clavicle, I think, in the, um, in the, in the preseason finale. So, yeah, Noah Gray, Blake Bell, they're on the active roster. You're right, Enrique. I love Sky, but he's been disappointing, Michael says. I don't know if that's fair to say, Michael, because he's part of a very, not a dominant, but still a crowded wide receiver group. I know he was not good at punt returns. That's That I can agree with. But he's been part of a very crowded uh, offensive uh, group of players there. I mean, it's so hard. You're already throwing the ball to Kelsey so many times. Uh, you're trying to get... McKinnon involved a lot. Uh, Pacheco, you you run the ball with him. Uh, Juju's your number one receiver. Okay, well, there's only so many times you can really throw the ball and get the ball to everyone else. Um, Sky's been a good depth player, and so has Justin Watson. I know Justin Watson had a game where he had a couple of drops, and that'll happen. Um, that's only one game where that's happened, though, so far. We're second in sacks. We got to sack him five to six times or more. Yeah, yeah I'm with you, man. Listen, uh, they... You mentioned second in the NFL in sacks. I know there's a gap between one and two in the NFL right now with the Eagles and the Chiefs in sacks, but you got you gotta you gotta go out there and, and get to him. You 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 are capable of it, right? You just gotta finish on those plays. Let's see if they've learned. Let's see if they've worked on it this week. Uh, Willie Gay. I have not talked about this yet. I've seen you guys in the comments bring this up. Willie Gay has talked about. Uh, the, the Bengals, or at least was asked about the Bengals. And he was asked, what impresses you the most about the Bengals offense? He doesn't even let Nate Bucati of Sports Radio A10 finish his sentence. He says nothing. Nate Bucati is still continuing the question. He's still like trying to finish his question. And Willigay again says nothing. Some Chiefs fans are not happy about that comment. 
Me personally, I love it. I mean, I probably had the biggest smile on my face when he said that. Is he right? No, not at all. Absolutely not. But you know what, man? He's showing off that he's pissed off, right? Because you can't lie about you can't lie about that. But at the same time, he's also showing this. He, he's giving off this attitude of, "I don't give a fuck. I don't." And I love that because everyone's talking about three and zero. Everyone's talking about three and zero. Who should the Chiefs put on Jamar Chase? That's a really good question. I might want to double team him. Um, I don't care who they put on him. I saw a couple of you guys say Willie Sneed or uh, Legereus Sneed, excuse me. Uh, a couple of you guys mentioned uh, um, uh, Trent McDuffie. Um, I don't care who, man. I, I I'm not focused on who. I'm I, I'm I'm more focused on how. You got to double team the guy. And it may not always work out. I, I, you know, I'm sure that the Bengals are expecting double coverage because the Chiefs did not do it the first time, nor the second, nor the third. Got to do it the fourth time. If you're Spags and you let it happen a fourth time, dude, you got to go. You got to go. I prefer Sneed though because he is the most experienced on the team. Uh, it only makes sense, right? That's just the way you got to do it. Uh, but again, you'll see different guys in different situations depending on the snap, the the scheme, the read. Uh, what down it is, uh, all that stuff. Uh, by the way, some people, I, I wanted to touch on this for a moment here because some Chiefs fans were not happy. The NFL put out the uh, list of awards as well as the top candidates for each of those awards. When the award list for Coach of the Year came out, the, the, the candidates uh, came out, Andy Reid was not on that list. A lot of Chiefs fans were actually disappointed about that. I do not disagree with Andy Reid not being on that list. Here's why. I know a lot of people can point out certain analysts out there that doubted the Chiefs before the season and said that they would not be good because Tyreek Hill's gone and that Patrick Mahomes will be figured out. But um, if you listen to as much uh, talk radio as I do uh, with ESPN Radio, Fox Sports, CBS Sports, the NFL Channel, Mad Dog Sports, all these... Uh, media outlets out there. A lot of them still said Kansas City is the standard. Even though Tyree Kills moved on and a lot of people kept talking about that, even when picking the Chiefs to win, people still acknowledge that Tyree Kills moved on but still felt that the Kansas City Chiefs were the standard in the AFC and the team to beat in the AFC. So, there are still a lot of people out there that felt the Chiefs were going to have a lot of success even without Tyreek Hill. The Coach of the Year award, does it, it, the only way it would go to the best team is if that team goes undefeated. That's the only way uh, a, a coach on a good team, a team that's expected to be good, gets the Coach of the Year award is if they go undefeated or just one loss. With Andy Reid, I think last year, Andy Reid had a stronger case than this year. Because last year, even though Andy Reid had last year a Pro Bowl and an All-Pro quarterback, tight end, and wide receiver, the Chiefs got off to that 3-4 and four start, and a lot of people wrote off the Chiefs and thought they could not recover from that, especially with all the excessive take or, uh, giveaways they were committing. Andy Reid figured out a way to fix all that, and they bounced back. 
And I feel like at the time, Andy Reid should have not won the award, but should have at least been considered for it. I don't think Andy Reid should be considered for coach of the year this year. Coach of the year, again, keep in mind, generally goes to the team that exceeds expectations, such as the Philadelphia Eagles with Nick Sirianni. Nobody expected them to be as dominant as they've been this season. Another good example, the New York Giants. Boy, what a turnaround there. Even with subpar play from Daniel Jones in the season, Brian Dable had a hell of a year with that defense. Doug Peterson, another valid candidate because a lot of people thought the Jaguars were dead in the water. Next thing you know, they surge all the way back up and they win the AFC South and they make it to the playoffs. Now, talk about the comeback all you want in the playoff game. Uh, All these awards are based on regular season performances. So, uh, in fact, uh, they vote on these awards uh, between the end of the regular season and before the wild card round. So all the votes are already submitted and cast. We just don't know who's exactly going to win what until the NFL honors. Um, we'll see the awards then, and online they will put out um, how many people, uh, how many coaches, players got the number of votes. So, yeah, listen, I, I like Andy Reid. Done a tremendous job. He's not a coach of the year candidate, though. Not in my eyes this year. He's a great coach. Doesn't mean he's a coach of the year candidate. Look at Zach Taylor. I know they got off to a slow start, but they figured it out eventually. Um, but there's a reason why they're not considering the um, uh, the Bengals coach, Zach Taylor, for coach of the year. There's a reason why Sean McDermott, as great as the Bills have been for most of the year, there's a reason why they're not considering him for coach of the year. Kevin O'Connell, another good ex- example for uh, a guy who should be considered for coach of the year. Because a lot of people were not very high on the Vikings. Even with the Packers losing Devontae Adams, people still thought that, that was Green Bay's division. And it was Minnesota that soared and dominated. Um, There are a lot of teams that really impressed us this year. Um, I think all four coaches I mentioned, Peterson, Dable, Sirianni, and O'Connell, all four of them, seriously, like if this was, like if they were not doing the stuff they did on the same season, if 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 the coaching performance those four did, happen on different seasons, those four all win coach of the year. The problem is they all did it in the same year and they're going to be three really good coaches that did a great job with their teams that are not going to win coach of the year. So I think it's got to be Sirianni at the end of the day. I think you just got to go with best record at that point. All right. I did not give my score prediction, by the way, for Chiefs Bengals revenge factor. They're getting revenge. Okay. For those of you who are UFC fans, Michael Bisping did not beat Luke Rockhold the first time. Second time he beat him, he became a world champion. Pull off a huge upset. Now, this would not be a huge upset per se from the Chiefs, but still the same notion that everyone's feels like everyone, a lot of people are riding off the Chiefs because of the 3-0 record that the Bengals ride on. Hey, listen, man. The Avengers did not beat Thanos the first time. Took a couple of times, right? You guys all know what I'm talking about, I hope. The line's been crazy in Vegas. It started out with the Chiefs as favorites, small favorites, then narrower favorites. Then it moved over to Cincinnati, and they kind of built on that lead for being betting favorites. And now it's flipped right back over 
to Kansas City. I don't know what the final betting favorite line is going to be, but I know this. Kansas City is winning on Sunday. So for all you haters who've been hating on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs all year long, please bring the same energy Sunday night and Monday morning. Trust me. I better hear from you guys. Kansas City's winning this one 30-24. That's my score prediction at Arrowhead this Sunday. So I'm picking 49ers and Chiefs, a Super Bowl four rematch three years later. Yeah, Liz, that's a possibility. All right, hey, huge shout out to all of you guys for watching this live stream. Thank you guys so much. You guys have been awesome this year. Obviously, uh, we get more and more viewers as the season goes on in the playoffs, and that's completely normal. Uh, Before I sign off, if you guys haven't already, please give this video a thumbs up or a heart emoji, whatever emoji you want to give. Any kind of reaction, please, for this live stream greatly helps out. So please do that before uh, you guys get out of here. Also, if you guys don't mind, please share the live stream as well. If you guys are admins on any groups and don't mind sharing these on there, please do so. I see the likes, all those stuff, the hearts uh, on there. Thank you guys so much. Yes, David, that is how you pronounce my name. Thank you, Farzine. I've actually uh, come across a few people in public. They're like, oh, are you Farzin? I love your podcast. Thanks. I say how to pronounce my name on the podcast, though. Uh, No, I don't say that, but uh, yeah, Farzine, that's how you say it. Uh, big thanks to all of you guys. We did give away the Patrick Mahomes jersey to two lucky winners last night. We are going to do another giveaway, hopefully. If the Chiefs win, that is. Uh, they kind of have to do their part. And I think you guys already know what the giveaway could be in relation to. So, uh, you guys can uh, draw your own conclusions there. All right. I am out of here, guys. Thank you guys so much for a great night of this podcast. I appreciate those of you joining for the live podcast here on the Facebook page. For those of you listening to the podcast version, hey, come join us. If you're not following me on Facebook, make sure you do so. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian. A lot of fun on there. A lot of great topics. A lot of great conversations on the Facebook page. Thanks to everyone. You guys have been killing it with the likes, the shares, the comments. Please keep that going. Thank you guys so much. No, not Super Bowl tickets, Rob. Come on. I've been giving away a lot of things, but that might be a bit. uh, That might be a stretch for me. All right, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff. Follow the links, please. Uh, I'll put the links in the description of the podcast if you uh, have not uh, been following me on any of those yet. For those of you that joined late on the live stream, the podcast version will be available soon, probably before midnight tonight. So uh, be on the lookout for that. I will share the link on my Facebook and Instagram stories. So no worries. That's how uh, I usually share the podcast links anyway. All right, I'm out of here. 49ers, Chiefs, they're winning Sunday. Talk to you guys later. Peace out.